Before we get into the show, let me quickly tell you about a new podcast I've discovered. Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. What's so exciting for me is that this show is hosted by husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, who are fellow Manx. Yeah, they are fellow Mancunians. We are from the same city. And Leanne and I realized we actually at one point lived in the exact same area. What a small world. So in their podcast, Al and Leanne are dispelling myths, imparting wisdom, and answering all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Leanne's a business psychologist, and Al has led and owned multiple businesses over the past 20 years. Together, they blend theory and practice to help business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. Now, as a copywriter who loves figuring out what makes people tick and what makes them buy, I really enjoyed their episode with Phil Agnew. It's called What Makes Your Team Say Yes? Exploring the Psychology of Influence. Go check it out. Listen to Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. This is a teaser of an 80-minute bonus interview I recorded with my podcast producer, Zuri Berry. It's called Behind the Scenes, Making the Podcast. And in this special episode, Zuri takes the reins and interviews me. If you've ever wondered what goes into creating this podcast, what my production process looks like, how I came up with the concept for this show, how I choose which guests to invite, the interview methods I use to help me nail guest interviews, how I landed the HubSpot partnership and what that involves, and oh my gosh, so much more. You'll want to listen to this bonus episode. Enjoy this teaser. And if you want instant access to the full interview, click the link in the show notes or head over to imancopyco.com slash BTS. That stands for behind the scenes, BTS. Put in your email address and I'll deliver the episode straight to your inbox. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Mistakes That Made Me. This is behind the scenes making the podcast with me, Imanis Mariel, and my amazing podcast producer, Zuri Berry. Hey! This bonus episode is going to give you a behind the scenes of what goes into creating this podcast. This is for you if you are a diehard Mistakes That Made Me fan and you just want to know all the details. You want to know what goes on behind the scenes and what goes into, into creating the show. It's also for you if you love podcasting and the world of podcasting because we've got a lot we want to share about podcasting. And it's also for you if you're maybe thinking about creating your own business podcast. Now, this is going to be a little bit different because I am not going to be in control here. I am going to hand over full control to Zuri and Zuri is going to be the interviewer for this show. But before I hand over the reins, Zuri, why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do and what your role is in this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Iman. So I have been a journalist for the past oh, about 20 years, and a storyteller. And a lot of my focus has been in the printed word text, but it has over time transitioned into video multimedia production and into audio storytelling. And so I have worked in radio, I have been on public media, and now I am helping clients like Iman and others work on their podcasts, specifically those podcasts that are focused on storytelling. And that's actually 
what so much of what we're going to discuss today, which is that man's podcast is a little bit different. And why that is, it's because it has storytelling elements attached to it. It is not your typical interview podcast. That's something I work on too. But I think a lot of my focus and a lot of my energy goes to the storytelling uh, lane, if you will. And so that's, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. I uh, still am a practicing journalist, working journalist, editor, and I'm still working in newsrooms. But I do this as well, and I really enjoy it. It's really the thing that gets me up in the day. And I think about, well... I hear Iman's voice a lot more than she hears mine. I'll say that. <laughs> and so I think about the interviews that we've had or that she's done and conducted and the people that she's talked to quite regularly. And, you know, I draw inspiration from all of the creators that I work with. So it's a really fun job in that respect that I get to learn from a lot of different people. Oh, thank you, Zuri. I learn a lot from you too. Okay. I'm going to hand this over to you. So, yeah, full control. I This is going to feel really weird, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. I hope this will work out well. We'll find out soon enough. Uh, I really want to start from the beginning uh, because I think, you know, people have a sense of what the podcast is from their own perspective. But I'd love to know how you thought about the podcast when you were sort of developing this concept. Could you walk us through what your sort of process was to saying, hey, I I want to do this podcast and and I want to call it Mistakes That Made Me. Absolutely. So I want to take you back to 2021 because that's really when the idea kind of was solidified. I always knew that I wanted to start a podcast. As one of my relatives once told me that I come across best in audio and video. And as a business owner, I should really lean, in, really lean into that. And I just thought, Huh, actually they have a point. Um, I really do enjoy audio and video and that kind of thing. So I started doing more and more podcast interviews. And then I just thought, you know, this is something that I, I really want to do myself, but I didn't give it too much thought because I had a business to run. I had back then the one child and I was busy. I also kind of didn't know what the podcast would be. So, and I didn't want to rush into it. I also felt like there are a lot of podcasts in the world and I I wasn't sure if the world needed another podcast and if the world needed my podcast. And so I kind of just thought, oh, it's kind of, I feel like, you know, that point at which like every celebrity decides that they're going to write a book or, you know, hire a ghostwriter to write a book for them and release a book. Like not every celebrity needs a book is my opinion. And I feel the same way about business owners. Not every business owner needs a podcast. So I was like, am I going to be that business owner? Yeah, I think, yes, I am eventually going to be that business owner, but let me take my time. Let the idea come to me naturally. Um, we'll kind of go from there. So then 2021, I was pregnant. And, but, and then this, this idea came to me while I was pregnant and it was just this idea of, well, what if we just lent into focusing on people's mistakes? Like how boring is it to continuously hear about everyone's successes? Like we're, we're so over that. We don't want to hear about how amazing everyone's doing all the time. Like, let's be honest. Let's be real. One of the biggest pieces of feedback I always get from people who join, you know, my courses, my programs is that I'm really real and open about what it's like to be a business owner um, and what's happening inside my business. And so I just thought, I, I feel like that's something I could bring to a podcast. And 
one day I was walking outside. Well, I was like hobbling along like six, seven months pregnant. And the idea really just came to me. And as in the name of the podcast just came to me. I believe in God. So for me, it was like, this is divine inspiration because it just came and it was like mistakes that made me. And it was Mm. as simple as that. I was like, mistakes that made me. And um, I had heard about Yuzori because my friend Khalida, she had her, has her own podcast and you were her producer and she'd invited me onto her podcast. And, you know, I really liked the process of being on her podcast. And she mentioned you a few times and she had some really good things to say about you. And I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, I had the, the podcast in mind. So I was kind of like talked your name in the back of my mind. And then just kind of looked at what you were into, what what you were like, that kind of thing. And then we got on a call and I was pregnant. And I remember like struggling to like breathe through this call. I was that pregnant <laughs> and saying to you, look, I'm heavily pregnant right now. So this is, I can't, this is not something I'm going to do right now, but I did want to talk to you and figure out like, if you're the right person for this. And we had like one half hour conversation, I think. And immediately I was like, yes, this, I, yes, you are the person I want to go with because I had this idea for the podcast that it would be, that it wouldn't be like any other podcast. I, and this is the problem with me. Like if I'm going to do something, I can't just do it. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to go over the top with it. <laughs> yeah. So it can't just be a podcast. It has to be a podcast like no other. Right. And so this is what I had in mind anyway. As for whether I created that, you can be the judge. But I was like, yeah, I want this to be full of stories. I want this to be an audio experience. Like, I don't just want it to be about the interview. I need the whole thing to feel like a story. I want the music, the sound, the audio, all of it to sound like a a story and be engaging from the very beginning. I knew I wanted it to be like part narrative, part interview. And then I was like, okay, I see this as being like how I built this with Guy Raz me how to fail with elizabeth day like if these two podcasts just collided like that is my podcast and i was so excited to see recently that a a website reviewed the podcast reviewed mistakes that made me and it was like the nine best business podcasts of 2023 and in there was mistakes that made me next to how i built this with guy raz and then in the write-up the the person reviewing it compared mistakes that made me to how to fail with Elizabeth Day. And I was like, yes, we've got all three of them in the same article. <laughs> and um for me, the the thing, the only thing, the only criticism I have of how to fail with Elizabeth Day is that if you don't know it, Elizabeth Day is she's an amazing writer. She has this podcast called How to Fail. She speaks to celebrities and not just celebrities, like famous people generally. And she asks them to talk about their biggest kind of personal failures. So it's not about business, it's personal failures. And she asks them to share three personal failures. So they go through it and they share number one, number two, number three. Now for me, my only criticism of that podcast is that I feel like they focus on too much. Like we, they like whiz through the three mistakes and it's almost like they're trying to fit too much into one, you know, 45 minute hour episode. And I know as a copywriter, as an email strategist, I know my work tells me that you should always focus on just one message. And that is how to create the most powerful message. The most impactful message is when you're not trying to stuff too much inside of like one container. And so for me, it was like, oh yeah, no, it's just the one. We're going to focus on one mistake. That's what the entire theme of the 
each episode is going to be one one big business mistake stick around don't go anywhere we'll get right back to this episode after this quick break sales super teams aren't built overnight they require a lot of talent hours and hours of training huge bottomless budgets and the perfect mix of impossible look and 24 7 work or Maybe you just need a better sales platform. I get it. And HubSpot gets it too. That's why they've created Sales Hub. It's an all-in-one platform filled with all the tools and insights to deliver the personalized comms you're looking for. Smarter prospecting. Yep. Faster revenue. Check. Scales with you. Double check. Plus, with tons of AI-powered features, your team can spend less of the day on boring, time-sucking tasks and focus on growing the relationships that matter most. We know your old platform just isn't cutting it. It's cumbersome, it's expensive, it's causing a rift between marketing and sales. So if you're ready for your sales team to reach all-star selling status, check out HubSpot Sales Hub. Visit hubspot.com slash sales to stop dreaming and start selling with Sales Hub. Business owners have been rolling into the new Mistakes That Made Me private membership, and I'm inviting you to join them. This is your chance to unlock exclusive weekly bonus content on my private podcast, which only members have access to. Content like my private Q&A series, submit your business questions to me and get inside my business brain. Kate, an interactive workbook designer, has already submitted her question, how do you pitch yourself to other podcasts? And I've published a 20-minute answer that includes the cold pitch that got me onto one of my favorite podcasts. So members can see one of my cold pitches in action. Kate says she re-listened to my answer and took notes. That's how much I'm sharing inside this membership. You'll also get access to my bite-sized business diary. If you love getting the inside scoop when it comes to how I'm building my business, if you love my solo episodes, you'll love my 20-minute bite-sized business diary. Follow me in real time as I share the behind the scenes of my business, mistakes I'm making, lessons I'm learning, and the business and podcast related projects I'm working on. One of the bite-sized business diary entries I've shared is about why I decided to let go of my amazing social media manager. I know, shocking. You'll also get access to extended interviews with Mystics That Made Me guests. And yes, you'll get to submit your own questions to them. Jordan Gill's extended interview is available for you to listen to right now. And you'll get access to my private podcast newsletter. If you've been looking for some informal business coaching or at the very least, an honest insight into how my six-figure business works behind the scenes, this is your chance. Membership costs just $11 a month, no commitment, cancel anytime. This is also just a really great way for you to support the show. To get the details and become a member, head over to imancopyco.com slash membership or click the link in the show notes. I'll see you in there. Can I interject here just for a moment here? Yes. There's a couple of things that I have to point out because okay. I, I think it's really important to understand sort of how you came to this process. One, you're a huge consumer of podcasts yourself. Yes. So that that helps. I think that you sort of understand the landscape in a way that maybe a casual podcast listener might not. So I think that's important to know. And two, from the very beginning, you were thinking about differentiation, how to set yourself apart from other podcasters. And you've said that in a couple of different ways here. But I think it's really important to note because that's part of my job as that 
podcast consultant producer that comes in to help people. It's like, well, how are we going to be different in this space and, and in this category? And in the category of business, there's like so many podcasts that are out there. <laughs> like there's tons and tons and tons. And everybody's tried a different slice of sort of the same thing, which is the interview format. It is certainly the easiest format to conduct. You get somebody on that's interesting, that's compelling, and you have a great conversation with them. But it's harder when you like want to layer on storytelling, when you want to sort of have a concept around it and all of those things. And I think you were able to do that and very a very simple concept, you know, the, your, your worst mistake in business possible. And I, it's funny that to me that there wasn't anything like that out there. And I, I wanted to know what you thought about that when you, when you were looking around, what did you think about the fact that nobody else is really doing that? Yeah, of course. Cause I searched, I was searching and searching to make sure that there wasn't something already out there like this. I was like searching the name and like mistakes and this and that. And I found that a lot of people ask this question, like, you know, what, tell me about a mistake you've made, but it's generally like, it's one question amongst, you know, the 20 questions that, that are asked within one podcast interview. And actually one of my favorite reviews, okay, wait, I'm going to have to find it for you because I've actually got it up here somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, got, I have. reviews on ready. <laughs> I've got reviews ready. So this is one of my favorite reviews. And this was left on Apple Podcast. Um, if this was you, thank you so much. Um, I think it was, is it Coley James said, we can all learn from our collective mistakes. That's the title. And then in the actual review is, I cannot believe there is an entire podcast dedicated to my favorite question that I ask guests on my own podcast. Love this concept, T-Man. And it's that, it's that this isn't new. And I think this is what's so important. Like this is not new. This is nothing like revolutionary, but it's just, it's taking something and then just putting like a slight twist on it. And I feel like that's what like new, fresh, like successful things, people, businesses do. I don't know. It's that idea of like, is there ever really such a, such a thing as a new idea anymore? It's really just about like how you change it, how you twist it, how you make it yours. Well, and this also goes back to what you were saying about, well, should I be one of those business people and create a new podcast. Well, yes, because we need your voice. We need your twist and your thoughts on this particular subject. That's how you bring yourself to the table, that added sort of piece of it. And so when we look at the structure of Mistakes That Made Me, it starts with a story about this guest, a concept that introduces it. And then you get into this body of the interview. You go through and you get to the mistake. And then you talk about the lessons from the mistake. But at the end, there's this opportunity where you talk about your lessons learned from that conversation, where you sort of add sort of your own little bits of knowledge, if you will, that can be gained or interpreted from that conversation. And I think that's also how you put your own twist on things. Yeah. And I think that's actually really important as well, because there are certain conversations where I want to make sure that people know that the guest's opinion is not necessarily my opinion. Like what, what they have shared is not necessarily what I believe. I, you know, invite lots of different types of people on with lots of different types of views. Some things that they say might be, you know, controversial. Some people might agree with them, some might not. That gives me the opportunity to just clarify like my thoughts on the conversation that we had when I stand on the conversation that we had. And also, again, like you said, the lessons that we learn. And I do just want to say that there's a reason that I wanted to add in like this 
that like intro narrative and then the outro again well two reasons firstly the first one is well because yes I do listen to a lot of podcasts I'm an avid podcast listener I think it's just my lifestyle with kids like I'm I'm always listening walking listening driving listening all of it now there's one podcast in particular that I'm thinking of that I won't name but I listened to this podcast for years and I swear to you I had no clue what the podcast host does I, I knew I had no idea what the podcast host did I knew they were a business owner but I didn't know what their business was, what their like industry was, what their business was called. I had no clue what this person did. And I'm thinking, I have been listening to listening to you for years and I don't know what you do as a business owner. And I didn't want that to be the case with my business. I wanted to make sure that if I was creating a podcast, that everybody listening knew exactly what I did, how they could hire me, how they could work with me, what my expertise is, because this was primarily a, a creative project for me. I didn't go into this thinking, I want this podcast to be a moneymaker. I was frustrated. I was like in the middle of maternity leave at this point when I decided, yeah, I really am going to do this. I needed a creative outlet because I felt like business was like consuming me. This was supposed to be a fun project for me. And it absolutely was. And it still is. But also I was like, I'm going to go to the lengths of creating this podcast. I'm going to make sure that it, it, you know, has the potential to bring me business because I'm investing a lot in it financially and in terms of like my time and energy opportunity costs, all that good stuff. And the other thing was that I listened to a lot of podcasts where I feel like, again, you just, you don't know the the podcast very well. And I wanted to make sure that this wasn't just an interview, that it was a conversation between me and the guests. So I allow myself to have a conversation with the guests as opposed to those podcasts that you listen to that are just like, you know, question, answer, question, answer. Very, yeah. a, it really is a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a conversation. I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And I wanted, I wanted the audience to also know who I am. I want to give the audience the opportunity to get to know me as a guest. And it was really interesting because when I had the conversation with, with Carly from HubSpot, when we were kind of talking to each other about whether, you know, this HubSpot partnership was going to happen, she asked me about like, you know, the most popular episodes. And I said, funnily enough, the most popular episode by far has been my first solo episode, which I was very surprised by. And she was like, oh, I'm not surprised at all because the way that you've created your podcast and the setup, the intros and the outros, you know, you've created this strong relationship with your audience. And so you've opened up the door and now people really want to get to know you. So of course they're going to, they're going to run to your solo episode. I was like, wow, that's so cool. That is That's so interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. You mentioned a couple of things about sort of what the podcast means for your business. And you're at a point now where we're talking about season three. We are in the year 2024. Obviously, this is much further along than, than what we're talking. You have a partnership now with HubSpot. How has the podcast helped your business? Does the, does the podcast currently make you money? And, and would you? This is a big one, I think, for for listeners. Would you recommend it as a revenue generating activity? Okay, so this is a funny one because the, the I feel like it was the week I launched my podcast. One of my coaches, who's a who's a copywriter, Joanna Weeb, came out on our kind of Slack channel and answered someone's question. Someone asked them about like starting a someone asked her about starting a podcast, and her response was don't start a podcast. Um, it's a time sucker. It's it's a distraction. That's all it is. And I was like, oh my God, I have just launched my podcast, Joe. 
joke. I have just launched my podcast. I didn't say this to her, but I'm thinking it. And I was horrified and mortified. And I was like, no, you know what? No, you know what you're doing? It's fine. And you know, I totally agree. It is a time sucker and it is a distraction. So you really need to love it in order to be able to do it because it really is. So to answer your question, no, right now the podcast does not make me any money. And I so far have probably, I probably invested, okay, we're probably talking like six K now at this point. That doesn't include like design, branding, that kind of thing. That also doesn't include the, the time that I spend on the podcast where I could be working on client work instead and taking on more clients. Cause remember like I'm having to like move client work around, which is very profitable for me. I'm having to move that around. So I have time to do the podcast stuff because it takes a lot of work. And so there's the upfront cost, there's the opportunity cost, that kind of thing. Um, I have not seen it make me any money so far, uh, which is why 2024 is all about um, monetizing the podcast in a way that doesn't change the beating heart of the show in a way that doesn't infuriate or frustrate listeners and, and the audience. And I think, I mean, there's so many different ways I want to do that, like bonus content. I'm, I'm thinking about a membership, which I'm, I'm super excited by the idea. So I think that's, that's something I'm definitely going to at least experiment with this year. But I don't know if I've really put any effort up to this point in making any money from the show. Yeah, um, I was going to bring that up. We haven't yeah. really tried. <laughs> no, I haven't really tried properly, right? Yeah. I've been like, oh, you know, just plug my, I don't know, just tell everyone in the in the intro, in my intro of like who I am. I'm the host, Imanis Mario. This is what I do. Like that's really the most that I've done. And that's it. So, and I know that, you know, you need to do more than that. But I will say something interesting. My audience are not my ideal clients as in for my like one-to-one client project work. Like if listeners hire me, hire me as an email strategist to do their email work, which is, is what I do. I'd be super excited. And that's, that's a bonus. Interestingly for me, it's the guests that are my ideal clients. So I have been most interested in creating relationships with guests and people and business owners that I wouldn't ordinarily have access to who would never usually give me 90 minutes of their time to just have a conversation with me. And so this podcast has been like an opening to create relationships with people that I would never usually have access to. And so that was the goal. And I think I achieved that goal. And I think with that, that has come authority building which was the other goal and authority borrowing I feel like I've been borrowing the authority of my guests and being kind of well you know they share me with their audience so getting in front of their audiences and then also getting to know like their peers and most recently what I've been doing is when someone comes on the show I ask them to introduce me to someone else that they think would be great on the show so that I can again continue with that like relationship building and authority building because that's what's really important to me I think what I have finally understood is that my listeners are probably people who are going to buy my digital products buy my master classes buy my courses join my membership be in community with me and that's a totally different offering. Like that's just so different from one-to-one project, client, email strategy, email copywriting work. 
And so in terms of would I recommend podcasting as a revenue strategy, as a revenue generating activity? Absolutely. But you need to be really strategic about it because clearly I haven't been strategic about monetizing the podcast so far. So I haven't monetized it. Um, but I will say that, you know, if, if making money had been the goal, like the, the, I think the primary goal of this podcast, I, it would be a totally different podcast. It would be a podcast about email and email strategy and email marketing. That's what the podcast would have been. But instead I went down the route you know, the theme that I was passionate with, uh, passionate about the thing that I really wanted to do, because I understand and I appreciate that sometimes the most profitable thing isn't necessarily what's best for you. And not everything is about, is about money. And I felt like I would figure it out. Like if this concept, if this theme worked, if people enjoyed it and liked it, I felt like, I felt confident that I'd be able to figure out the monetization thing later. So I would, I would, I do recommend starting a podcast to generate revenue, but know that it's not easy. Number one, it's not, I, I feel like it's not easy to convert a listener into someone who goes over to your website and then goes by and buy something. That's why my like funnel, when I imagine it, now that I've actually sat down and created a funnel for this, it goes podcast to newsletter. Like mm. that's the goal. It's no longer podcast. Hey, go to the show notes and click this button and buy this masterclass. It's no join the, uh, like you'll listen to the podcast and then go join my newsletter. And it's also why I'm really focusing on create, making sure that my newsletter is full of, you know, that is just so it's really high quality and just full of great content that hopefully podcast listeners won't want to miss out on. Yeah. And so one of the things that I talk to a lot of my clients about is about how podcasting is not a direct sale kind of situation. For most podcasters, uh, there are some who have scale, obviously, that can do that more. But for most folks, they are doing some soft selling of themselves or their services. And they're also sort of positioning themselves to, again, create relationships or to build their brand authority, things of that nature that allow for them to then monetize in a different way later on. Um, consistency is key in that respect and also having that direct relationship with your audience or creating some kind of way to have a relationship with the audience. That's what the podcast is for. I work at this strange intersection of marketing and where I have to talk to people about this all the time. And I say, listen, if you're going to do it, it has to be a pillar of your content marketing strategy. Like use it to create clips for social media, use it to, you know, Get your blog post together for the, with the transcripts and all of these things. Use it for all of these different reasons. Have a separate version that you can put on YouTube or whatever you want to do, but it should be like a part of all of those things. And it sounds like you're ticking a lot of those boxes, which is really cool to see as it develops over time too. And one of the things that you talked about specifically was authority building and relationship building. I wonder. How do you feel about that now? Because it feels like you are getting more attention and more love for the podcast, both through awards, but also from your peers and, and things of that nature. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's okay. It's weird to kind of talk about myself in this way, but I feel like people probably see me at a like a higher level than I see me 
And I think the podcast did that. And I think like the people that I speak to did that. And the, and again, the, like the quality of the podcast, I'm, I, when it comes to the podcast, I'm, I, now I, you're speaking I, to me. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Um, yeah. I feel very confident saying that, you know, I think the podcast is like really high quality content. It's some, it's a podcast that I'm so proud of. It's content that I'm super proud of. And I think, I think it's done a lot for my authority and for almost, I think, showing people, proving to people what I'm capable of. And so that's been really nice. And I think some really big moments have been having people on my like wish, like guest wish list. I have from the very beginning, I had this little note in Apple notes of the people that I really want to invite to be on the, on the show some people I didn't invite yet because I just thought, oh, there's no way they're going to say yes right now. And there have been a couple of occasions where those people have come to me. And so that was a real moment. Like that was really cool. And then also to find out another one was like Jordan Gill, who by the time you all listen to this, the episode will be out. But Jordan was, uh, was another guest who I absolutely want her on the show. And she pitched to be on the show before I could invite her. And it was so cool seeing her name come through and then talking to her and finding out that she's a, a real fan of the show and she loves the show and she listens to the show. And she was like, Oh, my favorite episode was, was with DL. Like that. It was such a great episode. And she was, and I was just like, wow. And even just when I joined the HubSpot creator networks Slack channel, I didn't tell you this story, but one of the creators in there was like, Oh, Iman, I love your show. I'm so excited to see you in here. And I was just like, Oh, no way. It's oh, so cool. I love that. I'm doing Me a too. I'm doing a <laughs> that is so cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of the show. You have a process and I, I love your process. It's more involved than some of my, my other clients. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like for inviting those guests, the Jordan Gills of the world onto the show? What is that? What does that look like? Oh my gosh. First of all, absolutely. I can talk about process. I love talking about processes all, all night and all day. I will say, I know this isn't what you asked, but I'm just looking at my Asana, which is, is maybe three, four weeks old. Um, Zuri, as Zuri <laughs> knows, cause I invited him on and was like, I hope you like Asana because here you are. Um, I have, okay. There are 41 tasks in the process of from like the moment, from the moment the guest says yes, there are then 41 tasks to do between me and my team. And, I, and can I just say that there are some tasks that today I was like, oh, I forgot to put that in the process. So there are more coming. Um, so it's, it's, it's detailed. There's a lot to it, but I think, I think that's why it's a great show. So in terms of the guests, that's the question you asked me. I, when I think about like who I want to invite on the show, and I say this because the majority of people that have been on the show right now have been invited onto the show. We're really only just getting to the point now where like really high quality guests are pitching themselves. I just accepted the first pitch and just sent a notice to the first person being like, I loved your pitch. Do you want to come on the show? So this is why I'm talking about kind of invite only guests right now. I... Again, I'm thinking about people that firstly, also I want to learn from, like, who do I look up to that I think other people will also love to hear from? 
to me that it's someone who's gonna who's who I identify as being an extraordinary business owner. They've been in business a while. They know what they're talking about. They're experienced. They're not interested in appearing to be perfect. Like that's not what this is. That's not what this is. They're open. They are honest. And one important thing is that then it's not always someone who's a coach or a copywriter. So in my world, I'm surrounded by a lot of coaches and I'm surrounded by a lot of copywriters, obviously as a, as a, as an email copywriter myself. And so I get a lot of copywriters talk to me about being on the show. And the issue is that I don't want this to be a copywriter show. <laughs> and so I'm very mindful of like limiting the number of copywriters who are on here even though there are so many that I eventually want to be on the show so I'm just kind of like just trying to spread it out but the other thing is again like I said before that there's someone who I might potentially you know want to work with that I want to create a great relationship with and honestly someone who's good at telling stories because that's what this show is it's a a storytelling show I knew that that's what it was always going to be I know because I'm a storyteller by trade that's my work and that's your work too Zori we know that the way to get people hooked is to tell a great story so I'm looking for people who who are good at storytelling who are great speakers who are engaging and who you know yeah have some just great stories to tell I, I just have to interject here real quickly and this is where I like come in and be like well how do you how do you know that right because sometimes you don't no, you just think that on paper, this person looks like they would be amazing. And I'm like, you have to do pre-interviews. And I know we're going to talk about this. But oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you have to do those pre-interviews. So that way you can gauge where people are and, and, and how they might come up on your show. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will just add to that and say, I, I don't think there's been one guest that I have had on that I have. I hadn't, I always basically, what I'm trying to say is I always do the research and I always had listened to the, the interviews that this, that a person has done before. And mm-hmm. there are some people who I, I really do, I like, I want to invite them on the show. And then I listen to them and I'm like, I can't invite you on the show. And I usually it's for one of two reasons. Number one, because they're not an engaging speaker. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I, I do my research. I don't invite non-engaging. <laughs> speakers onto the show and then number two sometimes it's they're amazing but they just don't have the right tech like i'm listening to you on someone else's podcast and you don't you don't have a microphone and there's just no way that we're doing that and so i can't i can't invite you on the show because you don't have a professional mic and i'm not saying like it has to be a crazy expensive like we're talking about so as someone who's a successful business owner who wants to be on podcast i need you to have like a 99 dollar microphone you can because even go cheaper than that and still do well. I was going to well. say, I was going to say, even that, that feels still high. Do well. well, there I we go. I work wonders with cheap microphones. I'm just saying as the producer. <laughs> well, there we go. I, as I was saying, 99 yeah. or whatever I said, I felt like even that was too high. Um, yeah. But yeah, because as I know, as a podcast listener, I listen to, I listen to podcasts. There was one time I was so excited to listen to a podcast interview with someone who is like super famous. I can't remember who it was. Super famous, like next Netflix famous. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard them do a podcast interview. It's so exciting. Go to listen to the podcast and the sound is awful. And so I immediately turn it off. I'm like, goodbye. Goodbye. You're just like me. I mean, seriously, I I, I turn them off. I, 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 there's too many podcasts to listen to that I have to put up with bad sound and poor, poor audio quality. 
And exactly. I agree with you. I don't think it's like a book. If I can't get through the first hundred pages, I think I'm just moving on. You know, moving I mean, a hundred pages is generous, quite frankly. <laughs> well, you mentioned research. Tell me about this research that you do, because I, I feel like it's pretty extensive given the quality of the questions that you pose to your guests. Can you can you walk us through that? Thanks for listening to this little teaser. To get instant access to the full interview, click the link in the show notes or head over to imancopyco.com slash BTS. That stands for behind the scenes, BTS. Put in your email address and I'll deliver the episode straight to your inbox. I'll see you over there.